things in our life that, that, that kind of come at us and most of it we can't control. How many of us can control when things go wrong in our life? Most of the time, if you get sick, it's not something you can really control. Sometimes it is. Most of the time, if there's a natural disaster, there's really nothing we can do about it, and down the list we could go. A lot of things that happen in our life are beyond our control. Um, Now, the Bible teaches when it comes to temptation that there are times where we need to stay away from those kinds of temptations that pursue us and that are difficult for us. The Bible also says to run away from some of those things. But for the most part, you and I, because we're fallen human beings, just we... we, um, interact with temptation that happens to us whether we want it to happen or not because we are human beings. And every single one of us throughout this day will face various kinds of temptations as we go throughout our day. Some of you may um, be tempted to speed to your lunch event after church. And the pastor talked about that and hopefully it won't be as big a temptation as it might normally be. Some of you, when you go home this afternoon after church, someone's going to start asking you questions, and your first thought is going to be to be impatient. And, and it's just going to go throughout our day. Most of this stuff is, are things that, that happen to us or happen upon us, and we have to learn how to deal with them. And it seems to me that in this passage that we're getting to this morning, James, he, he's kind of tilting the equation. He's kind of reorienting our focus and our thoughts and our patterns to the things that we can do as we face life and face our journeys, and not just face life, but that we're purposeful in the way that we face life. And so he says in the first part of this passage, be quick to listen. And we'll read that passage together this morning from James chapter 1, starting with verse 19. He says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. In front of your bulletin says this is sacred listening part one, and we are just talking about a part of the equation of what James is talking about. And the reason I do that is that I think that, that, the, that the next few verses in this chapter are our, our, um, what we do about what we hear. But he starts off this section by making sure that we're really listening. He starts it out, but make sure that you're quick to listen for the things in the life that come your way. And so, and, you know, and then he talks a whole lot about our relationships, right? And don't we need help in those and God's grace? And so I thought this morning would be good for us in, in our capacity to listen to God for a few minutes about those relationships But the truth of the matter is that for some of us, listening to God is one of the hardest things that we can do. I've had many people come to me as a pastor and say, how do I know when God is speaking? And I want to just pattingly say, well, how long have you been listening? But that's not always a helpful pastorly comment, so I try to be a little more helpful than that. But but are we listening to the voice of God in our heart and in our life? And so I want us to read from the Old Testament this morning. Uh, probably a very familiar passage um, from 1 Samuel chapter 3. You'll see it on the screen. Um, where there was a child of God named Samuel who was just going about his evening, laying in bed, trying to go to sleep at night, and something happened that would change his life forever. So from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days the word of the Lord was rare, for there weren't very many visions. 
And I, I read some commentary on that, and some people said God just wasn't speaking. And others said it may have been that God's people had stopped listening. And so it might be maybe some combination of both. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, Here I am. Then he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not, did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli finally realized what was going on, and he said, Go and lie down, and if he calls to you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. In all the years of being a Christian and being a pastor and trying to be an encouragement to others, I don't know that I've heard any more questions and I've heard about what, it, what does God's voice sound like? How do I know when God is speaking to me? How do I get God's direction? How do I understand what he's doing? And it just seems like we live in such a dark world that is God really speaking to us in the way that he used to speak to us? And as I thought about this passage, the question also came to me, are we listening the way that God wants us to listen? And so this morning, I just want to share as we kind of prepare our hearts for what James is going to say next, next time we get together about, about how we, how, what we do with what we hear. To share a few ideas this morning together about maybe what keeps us from hearing God the way that we could and maybe even the way that we should. And one of the first things that, that we run into, and you'll see it on the screen, is just how crazy busy we are. It is sometimes so hard to hear God's voice because of how busy we are. We wake up in the morning and we eat our breakfast and we get ready for our day and we go to work and we have our lunch and we come home and we make dinner and we get ready for bed and we just so many times just have this routine that we do and we are so busy going and doing that we just fail to stop and listen to the voice of God. Do you know one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Psalm 4610, to be still and know that I am God. I'm grateful that in this passage in 1 Samuel, he was laying there. You know, he wasn't running through his day. He wasn't, you know, out there on the, on the playground with the other kids. He was just laying in his bed doing what you normally do when you go to, you know, he wasn't on a smartphone. You know that, right? He wasn't playing wordscapes or Angry Birds or whatever the raging games are of today. Um, he was just laying there listening to the sounds of the night. When was the last time you just turned off all the lights and opened your window and listened to the sounds of the night? Turn off the radio, turn off your headphones, turn off whatever noise that you have to go to sleep with at night. And maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons that we fail to hear the voice of God is that we're too busy doing other things than listening to the one who's trying to speak to us. And I would be the one who is as guilty as anyone on this account. There are so many good things that we have to be doing that sometimes it's so hard to just stop and listen to the Lord. You know, I want him to play catch-up with me, right? 
I want him to chase me down and hunt me down and send the bolts of lightning and crashes of thunder in order for me to hear what he's trying to say to me. And maybe God just wants us to slow down long enough to listen to his voice and to listen to his heart. And how good are you and I at slowing down? How many of you are sitting here right now thinking of where you're going to go next after church? Come on. All right, the rest of you, I know it's true. All right, you all raised your hand whether you know it or not. I am in the back of my mind as well. And so we're going to do something that we don't normally do in the middle of a sermon, and we're going to take a couple minutes and listen. We're not going to have any music. I'm not going to say anything, and we're just going to tell God, here I am. Maybe you heard God speak to you this morning. Maybe he talked to you last week. Maybe it's been a really long time since you hear God's voice. And we're just going to give him a couple minutes to whisper whatever it is into our life that he wants to whisper. And then we'll continue on. Father, I thank you this morning that you spoke to me through, through music. Over and over again in my life, Lord, you have called me to yourself and enriched my faith because of the song and the words and the melody altogether just enlightens my faith and points me in the right direction to go or turns me from a different way to yours. I thank you, Father, for the Word of God, which illuminates so much in our life. And Lord, whenever we ask for God to give us a word, we need to be reminded that he's given us a lot. (laughs) Hundreds and hundreds of pages of revelation of his will and his plan and his desire for us. That our lives would be crucified with Christ, not that I would live, but that Christ would live through me. There's your will for each of us, Father, today. And I pray that whether it's in song or the word or even in this place in these quiet moments, that I could hear your voice clearly and succinctly 
And Lord, this, this really is the precursor to what James talks about next. If, we, if we're not able to hear you, if we're not good listeners, if, if, if we're not alert, if we're not in tune, if we're too busy to listen, then how are we going to take what comes next and apply it to our life? Lord, sometimes I have to be drugged to a place where I have to listen or someone makes me go to church with them or, or it's another Sunday where I feel like I have to be there and, and God comes. But Lord, I just pray that you would just help me to hunger for your voice, to be quick to listen, to be, to be so prioritized in my life that hearing from God is the most important thing that I can do. Being in a position of listening for the voice of heaven would be the best position I could take. And being in tune with your spirit is the greatest reality I could ever know. And Lord, in our busy, crazy world today, where we have to have it our way and have it now, can we take the time to listen to your way and do your will on earth as it is in heaven? And we'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Not only are we crazy busy in our life today, but sometimes we're just focused on all the wrong things. When I shared that brain teaser with you this morning, you're thinking about how many miles we drove east and how many passengers we let off where and which direction we turned and trying to figure out what crazy math that was all supposed to go to be together. And and you missed the entire point of what the guy was saying. That is all about you and the age is determined based on your age. And so many times when we want to hear God speaking to us or God is trying to speak to us, we want the clouds and the smoke. We want the bells to dong and the whistles to go off. And, you know, we want this great and majestic revelation. You know, God spoke to Moses from a burning bush. God, why can't you do that for me? So I just, you know, I just know it's you. You know, why couldn't you speak from a donkey like you did in the Old Testament and just blow me away, God, with your ability to reveal yourself to me? And so we have these sometimes unrealistic expectations of how we want or even want to demand that God would speak to us. I love the story in 1 Kings of Elisha, one of my favorite people in the whole Bible. He's in a cave. Things aren't really going the way he expected them to go. And, and he's just one of those places where I think he, he was desperate to hear from God. Have you ever been in a place like that where just, you just feel trapped by life? That cave is dark, it's damp, it's scary, it's stinky even maybe, and you don't know how you're going to get out of there alive. It was a common experience in the Old Testament. And most of you know what happens next. There was a mighty windstorm on the mountain like no one had ever seen before. But God didn't speak in the wind. An earthquake followed, and God didn't speak in in the aftermath of the earthquake. And then there was fire, but no God in that. And after all that had come through, all of Elijah's senses were broken down. (laughs) He was just at his wit's end about what was going to happen. The Bible says there was a gentle whisper as God spoke to Elijah, not in all that fire and smoke and wind and power and glory, but in the quiet way that God often desires to speak to you and I on a personal, intimate, relational level. And I hope that's something that we can know and we don't miss because we get distracted by the things around us. 
remember when I was called to ministry, we were singing the song and then we opened the word of God and we talked about God's need for those to go out there and minister. And I didn't meet Billy Graham. I didn't talk to Luis Palau and get wowed by this super popular guy who knew all the tricks and knew all the people. It was because I opened the word of God with his people and I listened to the voice of God and through his word, he spoke to me. And so many times we want to look outside of that one place of revelation that most of the time God wants to speak to us through. And in our own minds, we may even convince ourselves that we want God to speak to us anyway, but this way. We're honest with ourselves. Reading those old words is just old news. And we want God to do something new. God says, hey, you know what? When you come to me, you're a new man. You are a new creature, a new being in my image. And the word and the hearing and the preaching comes from the written word of God. And the Bible says that Jesus is the word and the word is in him. So we may be looking at all the wrong places and listening for all the wrong things, trying to have all the kind of experiences that we we expect God to do to us when it may just be simply stopping. Whatever it is that we're doing, whatever rat race that we're in, we told you before, the only thing, you know, that the only kind of animal that wins a rat race is a rat. But it may just be that we just need to just put on the brakes of life and just go away somewhere, open that window, listen to the night sounds. You know, you you turn on the news and you get the wind and you get the fire and you get the earthquakes and all those other things. And, you know, in, in our political world today, there's a whole lot of talking going on, and I'm not sure there's really a lot of listening going on. I read a couple or saw a couple of pictures this week, um, you know, of a couple different people in the news um, with our Supreme Court confirmation hearings going on and, and a picture from both sides of the aisle running, a bus running over the person who was on the other side of what they believe. And I, I thought, you know, where have we lost our ability to really listen to the hurts and the pains of people? And already there's planning and and scheming going on because we want power. We want our way, and that applies to everyone. That's not a political statement. That is a human nature statement. (laughs) I hope that people are taking the time to go to these two precious families that have been forever changed by what they've been through. And they have people that are listening to their hurt and to their pain. Another reason I think that it's difficult for us sometimes to hear God's voice is because we've forgotten what his voice sounds like. Now, when I was in grade school, I took um, half a semester of Spanish. And unfortunately, and my teachers didn't tell me this, I found this years later, that the first phrase I used is not something I would repeat in a Spanish church. Um, but I learned lots of other um, things. I could ask you, ¿qué es tu color favorito? Anyone know what I just said? What's your favorite color? Anyone know? Mi color favorito is azul. All right, very good. All right. But can I tell you that 98% of what I learned 17 years ago or however long ago it was, I've forgotten. 
Because I don't keep that conversation up, I don't keep myself immersed in the language, I don't keep myself talking, I don't keep myself going back to the things that I remember and the things that I heard and all of those things. And so much of the time, it needs to be something that we repetitively do over and over and over and over again. And if I was to take a Spanish test at the end of that half semester, I'm pretty sure I would have gotten A. If I took that same test now, not really having myself immersed in that other than um, preparing today to ask you what your favorite color was, that I would probably fail it. Because I've forgotten what the sound of Spanish means. I've forgotten what the words really imply, and so I can only guess as to what I used to know or the little bit that I can remember from all those years ago today. And sometimes it's been so long since we've talked with God that we've forgotten what his voice sounds like. It's been so long since we've read his word that it's just words on a page and nothing seems to matter to us. It doesn't seem to apply to us. And it's been so long that we came and heartily worshiped that it's just another song. It's just more words. It's just more going through the motions. And God seems to be this distant person. And it is because for some, it's been so long since we've kept that conversation up to date that we just we really do just forget what his voice sounds like. We forget what it feels like to hear God speak to us. And I can say in my lifetime, I turned 41 on Saturday, that there are very few, few small times where, where the bells dinged and the whistles went off and the lights you know, went off. Most of the time, when the Holy Spirit has spoken to me, it was like, almost like, God, was that you? Uh-huh. So let me get this right. God, you want me to do this? Uh-huh. Read that verse again, Pete. That was me. And for most of my Christian life, that's been the extent of God's way of speaking with me. He speaks to me in prayer and other ways. But for, for my life, most of that has just been that for lack of a better way of saying it, a casual conversation that's up-to-date, that's intimate, that is personal, and, and we know he knows what's going on with me, whether I tell him or not. But just the give and take of that relationship is something that allows me to hear his voice, and I know that he hears mine. But if it's something that we take, you know, this pot shot after seven years of really listening to God and reading his word and, and putting our life into his hands and, and then demanding that he speak to us and wonder why he doesn't, it may just be that he's been trying for seven years and we just haven't been in a place of familiarity with him enough to even know that he's speaking to us. Samuel was a young enough child that he just hadn't had this experience yet. And thank goodness he was sensitive and listening to God. And so when God spoke to him, he went to someone who was wise in his life. Now, Eli wasn't as wise as he should have been, and his sons were not in the right place, but he was the only man of wisdom that he could go to. I hope that you have people of wisdom in your life so that when God speaks to you, you have someone to go and and kind of season that with their experience and knowledge. But he didn't know what God was doing. He just knew that someone had spoken to him. And after the third time, Eli Eli said, oh, I know what's going on here. The Holy Spirit is speaking into his life. So he kind of said, all right, so the next step is just simply say, I'm going to paraphrase it, God, I'm listening. And I wonder if your life and in mine, wherever we're at in our relationship with God, 
we need wisdom. It may be for the next decision we make. It may be uh, for a relationship. It may be for, um, you know, a financial decision. It might be in a relationship. It could be all kinds of things. And we just, instead of demanding that God speak to us and asking him why he isn't speaking to us, it may just be, Lord, I'm just going to wait and listen to you. I want to hear your voice. I'm going to be still and know that you are God. I'm going to ask you, when he had that moment of silence earlier, and I'm going to get to my next thought, or kind of goes along with this, is how many of you had other thoughts come in besides just silently waiting on God? I had, um, I wonder how packed we are for our trip this afternoon. I had, I wonder um, where a couple of folks who said they were coming to church are because they're not here this morning. And I wonder what the weather's going to be like next week. And, and I had like eight different thoughts come into my mind as I'm trying to listen to one voice. And I think that our lives are very similar in that way. There are all kinds of voices from all different directions. And it is so hard. I don't know that it is as hard to listen to God as it is to drown out all the other voices so that we can be in a place to listen to God. We're so busy, and there's so much noise, and there's so many distractions, and there's so many human things that, that cause us to, to miss or to forget or to fail to have that continual up-to-date relationship that it's, it's, it's hard work just to get to a place where we could hear his voice. And James starts out, and I'm just focusing on those three, four words, be quick to listen. Make it your passion to be ready to hear from God. Make it your passion to listen to the people of others. He's talking a lot in this in the verses that we'll talk later about with, with interrelational things. But if we can't listen to the voice of God, then we're going to be all on our own and trying to figure out all this other stuff out. But if we could listen to the sacred voice of God and hear his voice speak to us, then we're at a place where James talks about uh, faith that is living. When James talks about next time we're together, this idea of hearing God's word and then doing something about it. If, if we can't even hear him to begin with, then all stuff is just fuzz. It's just, it's just static because God's message is either going over our heads, we don't even know that he's speaking to us, or it may be that he's spoken to us and we've just stopped listening, which is the fourth thing that I wanted to share and last this morning. It may just be that we don't listen to God because we don't want to listen to God. I mean, just call it what it is. It may be that we already know the answer, and we're, we're, um, we're, we're all about convincing God that, that he needs to change his mind. I remember in Ohio, and I probably shared this before a while ago, we had a couple of kids who were 14 and 15 wanted me to marry them. And loving family members who said, if you don't marry them, then we're going to leave the church. So, so you need to listen to the voice of God and do the right thing. Well, let's start with one. It's, it's not legal. So if against the law and you're trying to ask God to make it right, it's just not going to work out that way. It's not going to end well for you. It just wasn't possible. It wasn't, it was, you know, and so, well, we need to get them in the church, and this is the best way to get them in the church. And I'm like, no, telling the truth is the best way to get them in the church. 
And I didn't tell them that I would never marry them. I said, I can't do it right now. Let's work on getting to know God and getting to know each other and get into an age where you can even get a job to take care of yourself. And, and sometimes, even though in the light of all these blaring realities of how it is not possible, it is not right for us, we get this place where we have to convince God that we know best. He just needs to think about it our way, and then everything is going to be all right. And it just is true that as committed believers, sometimes we don't want to hear what God's answer is. Have you ever prayed so much to God because you already heard his answer that you just wanted to put that and, you know, pray enough that maybe he could change his mind? Really what you're doing is, I've seen it time and time again, is that you prayed so much that you changed your mind. You started out saying, Lord, I want to do your will and I want to do it this way. And you ended your prayer by saying, God, I'm about ready to do this. I hope you forgive me and you don't get mad at me. I've heard people say this. There's like, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is what I have to have. I'm going to be happy and fulfilled, and my life will be all that I want it to be. And God is loving, and God is forgiving, and it's all going to turn out in the end. And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. But it just is true sometimes that we don't want God's answer. We don't want to hear. And so we either don't put ourselves in relationship with him, which is always a dangerous place to be, or we try to convince God about it our way, or usually what ends up happening is we just convince ourselves that God's cool with it. And most of the time, we make a horrible mess, and we want God to speak to us again about how to fix it and make it all right. James is talking about all of that in, this, in the passages to come. Conflict and relationships and anger and down through the list of the things that you and I are going to look at in the weeks together about faith that works and deeds that are pure and all of these things that are going to come are many times hit us right between the eyes or right between the ears and we need to be listening to the voice of God so that when he speaks to us, we're in a place of hearing and listening and following through. And so this morning, just... Let's just let the Holy Spirit speak to our life. Are we, are we just too busy? You get sick, you get someone at home who's sick, you, you, things aren't going right at work, or you don't feel well, or there's a relationship struggle. And I mean, there are a thousand things that can just overwhelm us, right? We all can, can list five of them right now if we wanted to about the things that, that are just, that are tough. And many, many times God takes second place. And then we're like, oh, Lord, I need a word. It's like, well, I've been trying for the last three months, but, let, you know, let's catch up. It may be that we're just, we're, we, we want all this outward stuff. We want this boom to go off and just to know God has spoken to us and, and you know, when a burning bush or a donkey coming to us. And, and I've heard people say, if God would just give me a sign, I would believe in him. Can I tell you what? The cross is the greatest sign that God could ever give, and he did that 2,000 years ago. And if you can't believe in that sign, I don't know what you are going to believe in. He has revealed himself in so many ways. Therefore, just listen and follow his path. It may be that we don't want to hear him speak to us. It may just be as honest as that, or we've forgotten what his voice sounds like. It may be we're in a dry season. You know, sometimes we put all the blame on ourselves and it may just be this place in life where it's just a valley of bones. And we want to hear God and we wish he would speak and 
He hasn't. James reminds us to continue to hunger after God, to be quick to listen to his voice, and of course, as we talk about in the weeks to come, listen to the voice of others. But how can we really listen to the needs of others if we can't even hear the voice of God? We're just going to be a good friend or a good person. I want God to be leading and guiding in every step of our life together. Let's stand in prayer. Lord, it would just be so much easier if you would come up this morning as, as we go about our day today. The restaurant, Lord, if you could just fill that waitress or that waiter with and and say, man, I don't even know your name, but God is this is God's word for you. It'd be so easy, much easier, Lord, if we were driving down the road and you know this burning cross fell in the middle of the road and we couldn't go on, and we got out and you spoke to us in this amazing vision that that changed our life forever. And and sometimes, Lord, you do those things. But for most of us, and for the vast majority of the time, it's not in the storm, it's not in the earthquake, it's not in the fire, it's in that still quiet place where we've been able to drown out every other sound and every other voice and all of these distractions. Lord, it is hard work to shut off the world in order to listen to that intimate, still, powerful voice of God. And Lord, it it may feel like we live in such a day as Samuel where just God hadn't spoken for a really long time. And it may be in our wicked age that you don't reveal yourself to us as often as you did in previous generations. It also may be that we just have stopped listening to the voice that's been trying to speak to us all this time. Lord, this isn't something for us to feel guilty about. We don't throw out our faith with the bathwater we, we are encouraged to be readily willing to listen to God. And in order to do that, to take these steps, to shut things out, to open the window of the night sounds, to look at the stars or listen to the creek or, or the birds and just say, Lord, here, I, here is your servant. It's just me here, God, without any pretensions or distractions or premonitions or demands. It's just me and you. And Lord, I'm going to wait upon your word for my life and I want to hear your voice speak to us. And Lord, when we, when we can come to that place, that still, small, quiet voice speaks to us when we're waiting upon you. Lord, I just pray for patient spirits and joyful hearts and the realization, Lord, that when you speak to us and you really speak and we, we confirm that with the word and with the wise people around us, We can know beyond a shadow of a doubt what your will is for our life. And we just ask, Lord, for your blessing in your wonderful holy name. Amen. 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 May you be listening as you go about this day.